Hi and welcome to another episode of the Leadership Enigma. My word, we are international today. This is the third episode. We were with Melbourne, Australia this morning, then we were in London, and now we're going to Maui. I'm so jealous. I want to be in Maui. Now, leadership is all about that inner self. For you to lead yourself, for you to lead others, for you to lead organization, you've got to have the energy, the health, you've got to be a force for good. So how do you actually look after yourself? How do you actually be a force for humanity? How does your organization serve the communities within which it operates beyond a product, a service, or a paycheck? I have so many questions for my next guest, and I'm hoping that she will give me all the answers. So come back to me after this break, and I'll have the wonderful Anna Perry, and we will go on a voyage of discovery in just a moment. During constant change, your leadership has never been more important to create a better and more inclusive world. You're listening to The Leadership Enigma, a podcast for the insatiably curious to explore the power of human-centered leadership to create real momentum for positive and sustainable change. Whether you're an entrepreneur, business owner, or corporate executive, each week we speak to global experts, academics, rising stars, ambitious upstarts, and disruptors as we discover that success leaves clues. Now, here's your host, Adam Pacifico. Hey, Anat, and welcome to the Leadership Enigma. And there's no pressure on me, but after that introduction, I better do a good job, hadn't I, really? <laughs> Thank you, Adam. Thank you for having me. Good to be here. And I know that you are in Maui. I have to say that out loud because I am genuinely jealous. That's correct, isn't it? Yes, it is. I don't live here. I live in San Diego, California, but I am visiting family. So hanging out with my nieces and uh, enjoying some beach time. Oh, I, I knew I shouldn't have even started on that particular subject. San Diego, Maui and beach time. I'm a Londoner. So all of those are alien concepts to me. Now, listen, we you're indian food oh there we go we can share that at least now you're a transformational coach and a healer but rather than me try and describe that you describe that to our listeners please sure so um when i call myself a healer the truth is we're all healers i uh when i work with my clients i'm not healing them i'm actually guiding them to remember their own healing abilities and in turn creating that level of transformation where they can gain back their power wherever they lost their power whether it was to past traumas that they experienced or just what they learned uh, from their upbringing and their parents that limited them that has them feel less powerless in their life now we all go through experiences in life how do people know that they have lost power or they need to get some uh, assistance or some advice from somebody like yourself? When do people know that they need to come and see you? For the most part, a lot of people sadly wait until they hit that like rock bottom place, (laughs) their their crisis moment. Um, But what's happening, I'd say now more and more as self-development is becoming more of a norm for people is uh, people approach me when they feel stuck, when as much as they have spent hours thinking about it, trying to figure out a solution, they still feel that they're stuck in the place between 
what they want and where they're at. Okay. And you do wonderful retreats, don't you? Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about yeah. those retreats because I, I want us to create a little bit of a, a, a visual picture for, for the listeners. Tell us about those retreats. Yeah, so we spent about four and a half days, group of around 30 of us. And the intention of the retreat is mainly to go deeper into whatever is holding you back. And we do some physical stuff from like intense breath work to tension and trauma release exercises. So it's a form of um, release to the body that that frees up any tension or trauma that the body's been holding on to. So there's a lot of physical stuff there that gets your foundation shooken up, but shooken up in a good way where we're freeing up all the quote unquote weeds that have been stuck in there that want to come out so that you could actually plant what it is that you want. Um, So we, we take people through a personal journey individually as well for each person to be able to identify three areas in their life, three things that they want to have guidance to clear out. And we guide them through that. And when when you say three areas, what kinds of areas might people start to focus on? Their relationships, anywhere from their personal relationship to their ability to relate and connect with other people, their ability to lead in their organizations. You know, we definitely work with a lot of professionals, a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of CEOs, and, you know, they're, they're driven. They, they're, they're driven to be the best. And sometimes their own beliefs, whatever they learned, whatever they inherited limits them. And they want to know, how do I, how do I break past where I've always been? Well, that, that really resonates because um, I wrote a book last year about the beliefs of high-performing leaders. And the preface was a simple one. As you believe, so you behave. And as you behave, so you perform. So that's really interesting that maybe people come to you who are high functioning, high performing, but they have limiting belief systems somewhere inside their their head. Is that a fair comment? Do people come to you high performing on the outside, but inside there are some limiting beliefs and demons going on? Yeah, a hundred percent. A lot of times, I mean, we all do. We yeah. all have a script, so to speak, that we inherited, that we learned by the age of seven, for the most part, that's where most of the imprinting happens. Right. And we learn it from mom and dad, for the most part, by what we see, hear, and feel energetically from them. And this creates our script. So for example, if mom was always busy, busy, running around the house, taking care of everything, taking care of the kids and the house, and you never saw her sit down, you never really saw her do anything for herself, what you might have learned from watching that is always keep busy. Right. And, you know, put others first and your needs don't matter. And so although mom was doing something good, she was taking care of the house and you, she didn't model to you being able to take care of your own needs and to slow down and to sit down. And so I have a lot of clients that feel like they, they need to keep busy. They, they're not allowed to just relax. And so you see these high performing individuals who don't have work-life balance. 
who are go, 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 stressing themselves out uh, or are all about their careers. And then what happened to themselves or their health or their kids. And so they may do well when they first graduate and in their twenties, but then as they get married, have a family, it's like, how, how do I now balance all this in a way that actually serves me? And so we all have that script that we inherit and it's about uncovering unrooting whatever is there that is limiting or that did create some traumatic experience and when i say trauma to me trauma is any experience that you didn't have that your nervous system i should say trauma is any experience that your nervous system did not have the capacity to be with I'm going to come back to that because I'm fascinated as well that you spoke about a script and our script is written by the time we're seven, I think you said. that. Now, that makes me nervous, personally. It makes me nervous for my two teenagers. But that's a huge impact in a short space of time. So, so many of us be strugg- must be struggling with trying to rewrite what happened many, many years ago for us. So how does, how does a leader go about even addressing their script? Well, first stage is awareness. You know, there's right. five stages of transformation. Okay. And the first, first stage is awareness. And that's usually what brings people to, uh, to, to working with a coach, to doing a program, to looking at self, self-developing is there's at least one area that they're aware of. Okay. Well, there's, you know, different ways to work with people. You could be reactive and uh, prescriptive to whatever it is they're dealing with, or you could be proactive and let's look at the whole garden. And so with my clients, we look specifically at the five areas of childhood development. These are the areas that if you are functional in, you're going to have much more success in how you approach anything in life. So we look at self-esteem needs and wants. So that's giving yourself what you need and want. That's also expressing what you need and want limits and boundaries with yourself and others your ability to connect to yourself, your ability to connect to others, and then responsibility. So just imagine, imagine those five areas. And if someone has dysfunctional behaviors in them, then they're gonna be limited in some way. If someone learned to be a people pleaser, learned to, you know, don't rock the boat, just do whatever, you know, whatever mom and dad say, that then now you do that with your partner. How do you think that affects your relationship? And could you really be happy in a relationship where you are not speaking up for yourself? I mean, this was me, this was one of mine. So, um, so that's an example of an area where someone may not be aware um, that they are in a dysfunctional behavior. Okay, so out of the five stages of transformational change, the first one is awareness. What's, yes. what's the second one then, Annette? Yeah, so the second stage of transformation is acceptance. And there's a lot here. There's okay. a lot of context that I want to give here. Because okay. this is the stage that a lot of times people skip or they get stuck in. Acceptance. So let's say you deal with a lot of anxiety, Right. Or there's this pain, you know, this heartache, this sadness that's there. Most of the time people say, what, how do I fix this? How do I make this go away? How do I stop feeling this way? I don't want to feel this way anymore, Adam. 
And just that alone is having them not approach it from a place of acceptance. They're already wanting to fix it. So there's already a layer of separation from it of, of that there is something wrong. And the truth is there isn't. There is nothing to fix. There's nothing to change. There's only to uh, develop your nervous system's capacity to be with this experience, to be with this sensation. And And is that that pretty normal for people, Anna, to try and avoid pain or try and avoid bad memories in some way? Because we talk about acceptance, but I suppose avoidance in some way is quite natural. Yeah, most people... Most of us learn to avoid our emotions. Yep. You know, we, we, we put it into two categories. We have the good emotions. I'm happy. I'm horny. Ooh, more of those, please. <laughs> you never say, how do I fix this? How do I stop being so happy? Um, uh, and then you have like, I'm sad. I'm anxious. I'm scared. I'm hurt. How do I fix this? Okay. These are the quote bad emotions. But the truth is that they're just all emotions, oh, which great. is just, energy in motion. And what I teach my clients is how to be with it at a level below the label. Right. So the label is I'm sad or I'm anxious, um, scared. Uh, And ultimately, if you go one layer deeper, what's the sensation of that? Like when you, when you think about stepping on stage, Adam, there's, I imagine, excitement there is how you would label it. A bit of anxiety as well, to be fair. Exactly. Depending on the context that you give it. But yeah. the sensation feels the same in the body. It's like a little bit of like a windstorm or you'd label it as like butterflies. <laughs> I was going to say butterflies. Exactly. Well, if you are walking down the aisle about to marry your sweetheart, most likely the context that you're going to give for it is excitement. If your boss calls you into the office and says, we need to have a talk, most likely you're going to label that as like, I'm scared, I'm anxious. But the sensation of it feels the same. So this is where there's an importance of like the body and mind connection here of, well, this is what I'm experiencing in my body, but then the mind goes to labeling it in some way. And so making sure that we are masters of not only our thoughts and having good mindset tools, but that we learn how to be in our bodies and how to absorb, observe what it is that we're experiencing and give it give it names, start to ask yourself questions like, where am I feeling this anxiety? Okay. I'm feeling it in my lower chest and my upper, um, upper belly area. Um, does it have a shape? Does it have a color? Does it have a texture? Does it have a size? And what you're doing is you're observing it at the level of sensation. It gives so much focus to that area that the body starts to know how to integrate it. Now, sometimes people could get to acceptance on their own. And sometimes acceptance means, um, let's say it's related to like experience with mom or dad, where dad wasn't around and um, you've decided at some point, you know what? I don't need dad in my life. He's an asshole. 
like a curse. (laughs) He's an asshole. I don't want anything to do with him. And so you've ridden dad out of your life and that's become your new way, your way of handling it. And now acceptance means having to look at something. And if you look at this and you heal it, you may actually end up talking to your dad again. Gotcha. And so what that means is that the identity that you created, the way to handle life is being threatened. And so people are challenged with being with, with accepting it because it means that it may change their whole survival. And if they're not sure that it's going to work, then there's a fear of actually opening up Pandora's box, right. so to speak. Okay, so so that this is where a lot of times people need support. Yeah, I can imagine this. This so this second part acceptance is a big deal, isn't it? Because as you say, that can have seismic an impact on somebody's life going forward. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. So what is number three then as, for the five stage plan? Getting to the root of it, and I already kind of touched on that when I said that the root of it exists not just in our mind and our thoughts, but in our body, in our energetic body, in okay. our emotions. Whether you label it as an emotion or um, there's just a belief that's there that you learned, like others, others are more important. Others needs are more important. Don't rock the boat. Um, I mean, we can go on and on with any belief that you may have when you have that again, it's stored somewhere in the body. Okay. There's a book called The Body Keeps the Score. Right. And it shows that that the traumas and experiences that we have are stored in our tissues. They're stored in our body. And so whether it's an emotion or it's a belief, it pings you somewhere in your body. And so where where is that? And then, like I said before, naming it in as many ways as you can. The sensation, color, temperature, texture, size. And how easy do people find that to do? Because as you as you say that color, temperature, texture, size, I, I pause for a moment because I wonder, could I do that? So well, do, do people struggle with that? There. Well, I, I, I yeah. I mean, how do you give these emotions? Uh, yeah. So something very important is that we've learned so much to be in our heads that we've disconnected from listening to the brilliance of our bodies. Okay. So I teach a technique called priming safety, you know, learning to feel safe again, to occupy our body. Okay. And like, if you were to paint a wall that is, let's say light blue, and now you want it to be white, you would need to put primer on it first. It's the same thing to create that connection back to feel safe, to be in our bodies. We have to prime it. And so the way to do this is, uh, three things. One is how do you sit when you feel safe? Physically sit. One, yeah. Or how does one sit when they're scared? They curl up like a ball, right? So when you feel safe, you would sit spine straight, palms up, open to receiving. So that's the first signal to the body that you're safe to be here. Okay. The next one is the breath. When someone is scared, how do they breathe? They don't, right? They either hold their breath or they take shallow. shallow. Yeah. 
shallow breaths. And so to, again, create that safe space in the body, you want to take deep breaths into the belly. And I like always starting with an exhale. So exhaling all that air out so that your first inhale could be really deep. And so taking those deep breaths while sitting open, spine straight, tall. The last part is occupying the monkey mind. The monkey mind. (laughs) Tell me. A lot of times when there's something that we are experiencing that we don't want to be experiencing, the monkey mind is saying, "Uh oh, no, this is scary. You know, I don't want to feel this. How do I make this go away? And so tuning into a different radio station and repeating to yourself, I'm safe. Okay. I'm in my body. I'm safe to feel this. I'm safe to experience this. I am safe. And repeating that while taking those breaths, while sitting up. And then starting to scan your body from like the bottoms of your feet and how they feel as they're touching the floor or your socks or the, or the rug. There's a sensation there. And then working your way more inwards, up your legs into maybe your root and seeing if you could feel any, any area that feels safe. That feels just like a comfortable sensation. Okay. Um, how how uh, your back feels as it's leaning against the chair, or even your heartbeat. Start to really map and scan and feel into things. And then if there's, I'm scared or I'm anxious or there's some belief there, like he's going to leave me or I'm going to get fired or I don't know what I'm doing. You sit there and you keep repeating that to yourself. I don't know what I'm doing. And you just scan and you slow it down. We're so quick and the mind will want to take us out. So I won't say that it's not a practice. It is a practice. And for the most part, it helps to be guided through it in the beginning to have someone that creates that extra safe space because All it is for the most part is that we have learned to live from our head up and not be connected to the experience that we're having internally. That's a really interesting point, isn't it? And what you're talking about there is a physiological change as regards to the posture and the breathing. And those are things that we just don't practice at all, Mm -hmm. let alone on a a regular basis. I did a wonderful episode with... um, uh, a sound engineer who was also a huge DJ in his time, played to vast audiences, and he's now a specialist as regards sleep and a specialist as regards breathing. And he was taking us through some breathing techniques, and the impact was extraordinary just through breathing. So there is so much that we don't know. So this really, you know, I'm finding this fascinating as well. So we've got awareness, we've got acceptance, we've got in getting to the root of it, and you're sharing that plan as well. What's stage four? Yeah, yeah. And I, and I will say this. We do use a lot of breath work as well. Because, again, that is getting you more in your body, getting things moving, and preparing for stage four, which is the the releasing and the replacing. So releasing is, you know, the body actually knows how to release energy. It knows how to downregulate. And I'm going to name some of the most common ways that some of you may be surprised. So um, shaking, tremoring. If you're shaking, 
uh, we've taught ourselves to be like, why am I shaking? And then to stop it when the truth is that's your body down regulating, that's your nervous system releasing. So allow that to happen. Um, Yawning, yawning is a form of release. That's why sometimes we do it right before bed when we're getting tired because we're releasing all that extra energy. But in sessions with clients, it could be middle of the day. You're not, you slept well. It's not that you're tired. Your body is releasing that energy. So I've had clients that sit there and they'll yawn repeatedly, (laughs) consecutively over and over again. And that's one of the ways that their body is releasing. Burping is a form of release. And I don't mean just because you had a soda or just ate a (laughs) good meal. But uh, a lot of times when there's energy stuck, that's another way. Crying, of course, is a very powerful form of release. And um, catharsis, having that good scream or that good punch. I mean, imagine if you're harboring anger. Mm-hmm. How else does anger want to be released? It usually has that fiery energy. Now, a lot of times underneath anger is sadness. And so sometimes people think that they need to punch a pillow and really they're already in the grief of it and ready to have that good cry. Um, Also hot and cold flashes um, is a form of release. And then sometimes just simply it just dissipates. If it's a really strong sensation, it it gets metabolized by your, your, your body, your nervous system, and you feel fine. So again, that's fascinating, isn't it? Because a yawn isn't just a yawn. A shake isn't just a shake. Uh, a burp or a sneeze, or as, as you say, maybe there is something more to it. So that's the releasing part, but you also said replacing. Yes, yes. Oh, and I forgot one. Laughing. I've had clients have laughing attacks. I like laughing. Yeah, that one's a fun I, one. Yeah, I like laughing. <laughs> um, but, you know, the body does what the body does. Uh, I'll, I'll say this how brilliant our bodies are. I want you to think of this when you cut yourself or you burn your finger, mm-hmm. what do you do? You go and you get ointment or you get ice and you put a bandaid on. It's not actually the ointment or the ice or the bandaid that's doing the healing. I believe that the strong sensation that happens there that we label as pain, ouch, this hurts mm-hmm. is actually the sensation, the signal It's so strong. It has to be strong to signal to the rest of our brain, our nervous system, our body, this area needs healing. And that's why there is that strong sensation. The thing is with our own traumas and experiences, we've learned to override it, to compartmentalize it, to logic our way out of it. And we've disconnected from just being with that sensation so much so that it's signaling that this part needs healing. And I want to let you know that it, it could happen that fast when you could accept and you could observe um, a sensation that's there without judgment, with loving acceptance, curiosity, actually like, Oh, okay. It's a rod shape. It feels smooth. It's cold. Um, it's tight. It's heavy when all you do is just observe it and stay curious. It starts to move. The body starts to know how to metabolize it, how to release it. 
So now we've released it. Yes. So imagine your garden and you went from having weeds in your garden to using tools that actually get it out by the root. Mm -hmm. And I want to say that a lot of self-development work, like work that I did for the first eight years of my almost 17 years of being in self-development was mindset work, which means I was just trimming weeds. I was just staying uh, above the ground. And what happens when you trim a weed? It comes back. Yeah, it looks nice for a little bit. You feel a little relief for a little bit, but then it grows back. And that was my experience for eight years of doing self-development work was I had a lot of awareness. I had some tools, but those tools only trimmed it. And life did not look any different eight years later. I was still having struggles. I just had awareness, which was exhausting, frustrating, you know, always having to trim weeds. It's not, it's not the garden you want, but here we are. Let's say that you did go through all the steps and you got to the root of it and you cleared it out and you'll know, cause you'll feel spaciousness. You'll feel that, that a release, you'll feel that there's room for something new. It's so important to plant something new. Just like if you're editing a script, you want to you know, put in there the roles that you actually want to play. So let's say you cleared out something really major in your life, like you're a loser. There's many successful people I've worked with that what drove them to success is a belief of I'm stupid. Right. I'm a loser. Others are more important to me. And so what's been driving them has been, I'll show you, I'm going to be the best. But inside, they still feel like a stupid loser. Right. And so to be free from that, now what do they want to create? Now who do you want to be? Now how do you approach it? I've had CEOs step down from their roles. I've had business owners close their businesses because they're like, (laughs) Oh, the only thing that was driving me was this hurt little boy. Or I've had um, managers at companies that were more like dictators that couldn't get their team, couldn't lead their team, couldn't get their team to really listen to them because their approach was so harsh. And it was so heartbreaking because they just want that. So now's the time for replacement, as you say. Yeah, to replace where you could say like, I'm, you know, I I follow my heart. I'm a compassionate leader or I I am enough. I'm incredible. I love myself. It could be anything that comes up. Sometimes people think it's going to be the opposite of whatever it is that you dealt with. But it may be more simpler than that. Just self-belief. Yeah, self-belief. And it starts to build that belief in you that like you are your biggest cheerleader, that maybe you didn't get that from mom. Maybe mom didn't model that for you or dad, you know, didn't believe in you because you you kept, you know, losing the game when you're playing soccer or baseball. And you needed that from them. So now learning how to tend to your inner child, how to tend to your garden in the way that you always needed and wanted by 
replacing it with the script, the identity, the role that you actually want to play in your life. Gotcha. That's the seed. That's the seed that gets planted in there. So that's the, there's the release aspect and then there's the replacement aspect. And as you use yeah. the analogy of the garden, you've got to plant the seed in order to start to grow the new script. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that's stage so, four. Yep. What's- stage five is integration and education. Okay. So you plant a seed, but if you don't water it, if you don't integrate into your life, this new behavior, then it doesn't matter, right? If you create a new belief of I am healthy and then you go into your fridge and you grab a beer and a pizza. Yeah. Don't judge me. (laughs) But so this is about role modeling as well then. Yes, for sure. So it could be modeling to yourself, like, okay, someone that has this new belief, how do they act? How do they behave? And so if you took on a belief of I am healthy, yeah, an action that could water that belief might be to go clean out your fridge. And then to, you know, it could be to join a gym, to go to the gym, right? So all these actions of modeling someone that has these beliefs, and so I, I like that you use the word modeling because a lot of times we may not know how to integrate it. When I took on the belief of I am vulnerable, I was like, okay, cool. Now what? What the heck does that look like? Yeah. I have no framework for it. And so this is where the education part comes in. Okay. This is where you can pick up a book that is specific, let's say, on intimacy, or how to, you know, being vulnerable. And there's great tools in there that now you have room to learn. See, I want to say this. What I find a lot of times is people skip in the five stages of transformation, people skip the middle three. And they go, and this was me as well, from becoming aware of something they don't like about themselves. Of course, I don't like it. I have to fix it. I have to change it to, um, to picking up a book about how they want to be. And so if you, let's say you have this belief, your, your partner tells you, well, you're, you're not being vulnerable. You're not open. Oh, oh, I never learned how to be that way. He's right. I'm not vulnerable. How do I be vulnerable? And you go and you pick up a book about vulnerability and it's got all these great tools in there, but you don't have room for them because you have beliefs like don't trust others. Others aren't safe. If you're vulnerable, you'll get hurt. Right. It's like having the vision of what you want your garden to look like, going to the store and buying those new uh, seeds. But if you don't clear out the weeds, there's no room for it. And so that's what I feel has been missing a lot. And I want to reinvigorate the belief for those listeners that have approached their self-development that have attempted at it and haven't seen change. And the reason you haven't seen change is because you skipped one of those stages. Right. So you can, transformation is possible for everyone, but you can't skip these stages. If you do, then you're not going to get that lasting transformation. And so on that, I've been making notes as you've been, as you've been talking. So those five stages, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong. So awareness, number one, two, mm-hmm. acceptance, three, getting to the root of it. Four is the release and replace. 
and five, yeah. integration and education. You see, I've been paying yeah. attention, haven't I? Yes, you have. <laughs> okay, let me ask you another question. I, I know that in some ways we're we're just skipping across the surface, and there's so much more to this. And I would love to to actually be on one of your retreats. I think uh, I think that would be a lot of fun, and it, it, I hope that would help. And who knows what would happen, but. Uh, it does sound it does sound it would be transformational so how do people get hold of you get in touch with you continue the conversation with you what is the best way um well if you're interested in talking with me instagram is one of the places that i hang out most okay. i i i uh send a direct message to every new follower because wow. i want to know about you and why you're interested in following me and how I can support you. And then if you're interested in my programs, my work, trainingcampforthesoul.com. Trainingcampforthesoul.com. I remember, do you remember that book, Chicken Soup for the Soul? Yes. Uh-huh. You see, oh, who knows? Maybe there's a, there's a link there. Um, I've got a final question for you as well. What's the, if you were to think of a piece of leadership advice, or even actually, let, let's, let's work on it as a piece of advice that you have given or received that has had a huge impact and is front of mind for you, what would it be? What's coming through for me right now is get, get to know all parts of yourself. Tell me a bit more. Get to know who's running the show. Um, So, you know, we have our, the, the voice in our head, but it's normally not just one voice. There's at least five different voices in there. And learning to have a relationship with all parts of yourself would mean getting to know the inner critic, which a lot of us know that one very well, loud, Um, the ego, which is, uh, you know, the part of you that wants to save you and protect you and focus on the external and why, you know, you're the best and all that, um, but can sometimes limit you. Your inner child, which is your emotions. You know, it's the part of you that anytime you have a feeling, I want you to picture uh, your little self walking into the room. Or if you have if you have a son or a daughter, um, picture your son or daughter walking into the room and being the part of you that says, I'm sad, I'm scared. Right. And what would you what would that child need from you? And start to give that to yourself. Um, your shadow. So anything that you're ashamed about bringing light to that shadow, you know, being willing to, um, to admit those parts. And then of course your heart, which is all your wishes and your desires, the part of you that wants to be a yes to everything that you really want. And the part of you that takes a lot of courage and a leap of faith. And so a lot of times when we're thinking about something important, we have this conversation in our head. We're thinking it. But what's happening is that you only really hear the loudest person, which most of the time is our inner critic, right. our, our ego. And so if I can give the listeners a really important practice is to take it out of your head and onto paper. And so grab a piece of paper and have that dialogue, but have it on paper. Okay. So as you're hearing anything come up, write it all down as if it's as if who you're hearing is your best friend 
on the phone and you're taking note of everything that they're saying. Okay. And then go back and read it and identify the other parts. Identify anywhere that you wrote, I feel or I feel like, or I am dot, dot, dot. Most likely that's your inner child and your inner child is your garden needs some tending to. And then anywhere that you wrote, I want, or I need, that's your heart. And so how can I get closer to listening to my heart? And what we find is that the inner child feeling the emotions that are there, accepting the experience that you're having is going to give you the access to that courage, to that play. And if you imagine and picture a child that is upset, like you have, you have daughters, they're grown up now, but when they were young, if they were upset and you just loved them through it and held them, they'd have that good cry. And within 90 seconds, usually, They've done studies on this, by the way, at Harvard. Okay. That it takes about when once you fully accept there's no resistance, you can move through any emotion in 90 seconds. I didn't know so that. Once, yeah. Once you move through an emotion, 90 seconds, what does that child want to do now? Daddy, let's go play. <laughs> and they forget it. And they're just like full of, you know, courage again and creativity. We have that as well. We just forgot. There's a lot we can learn again from, from kids, um, the innocence that's there and the power that we had then. And so if you want to live a life that is in alignment with your highest self, you need to tend to that child because that happy child, that loved child is your access to all the courage and creativity for you to go after your wildest dreams and desires. Again, fascinating in relation to all those different voices that we have within ourselves as you went through them from, the, from as you say, the, the, the critical friend, uh, not critical friend, isn't it? The, the, the critical inner demon almost to the, to the ego and the heart. And So that's a fascinating answer to that question, that's for sure. Um, this has been, as I say, we're scratching the surface. And I just want to say thank you so much for taking the time and I think it'll be very interesting to see who reaches out and actually says, I need to know more. But what this really has told me, Anna, is that actually when we talk about leaders and leadership, leadership is energy expensive, someone once said to me, but it's energy expensive in relation to us being able to look after ourselves before we can go anywhere near looking after and leading other people and leading our organizations. So I just want to thank you very much for your time. Thank you. You just gave me goosebumps with that. So you've spoken some serious truth there. <laughs> Thank you. Matt. In that case, I've peaked and I need to lie down. But you've been a superstar. <laughs> Thanks for being part of the Leadership Enigma. Join us again next week for more tips and strategies on the Leadership Enigma. We'd love to hear your comments on today's show, as well as suggestions for future topics and guests. Get in touch with your host on LinkedIn or our YouTube channel. And remember, to get your daily learning to build success at www.insights.emeritus.org. Download the Insights app and start learning for free. Please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on all your major podcast platforms. Thanks for listening.